Good morning, Diverse City partners and guests. Welcome to Diverse City Facebook Live broadcast. My name is Pastor Virginia, and I am here to kick this service off. This is a new week. We have another chance to come together and to worship our God. It has been a trying week for some. It has been an easy week for others. But it does not matter because God is in control. And we are going to blow the roof off of our houses, off our cars. It doesn't matter because when the devil says no, God says yes. And I'm going to stand on his word today. Hallelujah. And I am going to declare that the Lord is good and worthy to be praised. Come on, diversity. Let's start putting some hearts in the comments. Let's start standing up and just worshiping the name above all names. Our lead pastor, James Woods, is bringing a word, and it is sure to challenge us. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Come on, diversity. Before the praise team comes, let's just start declaring it. Let's just start speaking it. Let's just start believing. Prepare us, Lord. Change the atmosphere, Lord. You are worthy. In the name of Jesus, we believe for these things. Come on, praise team. Lead us into worship. Amen. All right, so we made it through yet another week. Hallelujah. And we're kind of getting used to this temporary normal. Um, so I just want you to get up on your feet. I know you're at home, but I want you to get up on your feet and begin shout of praise. Hallelujah. The word just says, bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. So I just challenge you yet again to open up your mouth and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh my, 
imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter the color of your skin, background, what you have been through in the past, or your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, in your car, on your couch, or even on your phone, doesn't matter where you are, we have all gathered together to give who God all the glory, honor, and the praise, for He deserves it. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. On Tuesday, all of my kids join the kids' ministry as we have Bible study. This is a wonderful time, kids, where we get together and learn about God's Word. Don't forget to wear your PJs, sleep buddy, and don't forget to bring a toy for show and tell. Can't wait to see you there. 
we have a full day for you on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we're going to start out with our seniors doing their prayer at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. Then on Wednesday night, we're going to be right back here with our youth getting together. More details to come. They have their own Bible study. And then Wednesday night, we're going to have our prayer call. We had such a wonderful time getting into the presence of the Lord. Just spending time with the Holy Spirit, hearing what God has to say with diversity, our partners, our guests. Please join me again and the prayer team this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. as we do another prayer call and we just get into the presence of God. Also, where are all my young adults at? We have a Bible study just for you. Join us Wednesday night, 7 p.m. More details to come. We're going to be right back here on Thursday with prayer. This is just important. Come on, people. During this time, we need Jesus and we need prayer. All the things that are happening in our city, our nation, our churches, we need Jesus to move and we need God to show up and show off. So join the prayer team as they do a prayer call on when, on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Look for details online. Saturday, I'm calling all the men. Who, who, where are all the men at? Well, join all the men. Please join Pastor and all of the other men in diversity as they have men's Bible study. They're going to be doing chapter two of the book that they're doing right now. Come on, if you're a man, if you're a man, join all the men, 10.30 on Zoom. More details come for you. We're going to be right back here on Sunday morning with a virtual service. During this time, God has been speaking to Pastor James. And what a wonderful time to just get into the presence of God with worship, praise, and just hearing what God is saying to us through Pastor James. Don't forget to come. Join us Facebook Live, 10.30 a.m. Can't wait to see you there. Make sure if you're a new partner or new person, please don't forget to type new into the comments so we can say hi to you and just reach out to you. We're so glad that you're here. Well, that's all that I have for you as we jump back into worship. Come on, let's open up our hearts to receive what God is saying. Let's get into the presence of the Lord with worship and just praising him and lifting up, lifting him up for he deserves it. Let me hear it out of your mouth. God, we love you. We worship you. We praise you as the praise team comes. Come on, DCC. This morning, I just want to challenge you to just begin to lift up your hands. Come on and open up your mouth. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter where you are. We can't be ashamed. Hallelujah. So we're going to press in. Yes, this is an unconventional way to do praise and worship, but we came to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help us sing.
Our tagline is a perfect church for imperfect people of all nationalities, cultures, and background. Matthew chapter 25 says, when I was hungry, that you fed me. So when we have an opportunity to step up in the middle of this pandemic, to help and provide solutions for those in a time like this. It's not only our honor, but our privilege for us to be generous and to be able to provide solutions in the middle of this pandemic. We're, we're serving meals five days a week. It's been a great partnership. It's, you know, again, the right part of town and, and the families that, that need the support. So we're, we're just honored to be, to be able to partner with the Diverse City Church and to, to help, help out our families in this challenging time. We have a list of families that we got emailed to us that needed um, help. Some of the families were able to come in and pick up food if they wanted it, but those who were not able to do so, we gave them the option of delivery. So every Monday, we do deliveries to 16 families, approximately 350 meals, and then at both of our locations, we have another 250 meals that are passed out where families walk up on Mondays and they pick up for the entire week. So this collaboration started actually from a conversation with myself and Dr. Adams, the director or superintendent of schools, St. Louis Public Schools. We had this idea that maybe we can form a collaboration with other schools and other providers to feed children in general. So it wouldn't be just specific to a school or a building that whatever school children lived in that area, we would feed. Girls and Boy Club, they here on Diverse City property, they uh, giving out food. They always give it with a joy, a smile on their face and stuff, and so many people really appreciate it, you know, what they're doing here. And we, we, we are glad to have them on here distributing food out to the kids, the children that want and really need it. We are so grateful for the Diversity Church and the Gene Slay Boys and Girls Club for bringing together and serving over 4,000 meals to young people who might normally get them in school, but we know that school's been out. So this has just been so key in helping our young people and helping people have the food that they need during this very, very stressful time. So just wanna give a real shout out and a huge thank you to the Diversity Church and Gene Slay's Boys and Girls Club. When I reflect upon this situation, um, anytime that you're dealing with obstacles and challenges, Team is so important. Uh, one of my favorite quotes and comments is that team is that uh, together everyone achieves more. So what we've been able to do during this comment is not just diverse city trying to figure this out, the city of St. Louis trying to figure this out, Gene Slay's Girls and Boys Club trying to figure this out, but us to come together collectively to brainstorm, to be able to provide a solution. So together, everyone achieves more. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I know what you're thinking. Pastor Drew, it is completely dark around you, and you'd be right, <laughs> because it is not morning technically right now, but by the time you see this, it will be morning, I promise you it will. Anyway, good morning, it is time for TNO, Tithes and Offering. Um, if I sound tired, it's because I am. On a personal note, I will tell you that this past week has been very long, very stressful for me. Um, I 
more than appreciate uh, your guys' prayers, uh, your concerning text and calls and everything else. And I have, if I haven't been um, Johnny on the spot with returning everything, I do apologize. I really do. Um, but like I said, it's it's really been busy. Um, but I sincerely thank everybody from the bottom of my heart. Uh, it's because of that that's. Um, I know it. I can feel it. I can feel the concern from everybody, and it's been helping me greatly. So thank you once again. Um, oh, this light is bright in my car. My goodness. Anyway, um, I'm just reminded um, of of humanity's uh, plight right now. In uh, a lot of a lot of wants. A lot. Of, we want a lot. Everybody wants a lot. And that's kind of human nature, right? Um, we want so much. And if it's kind of loud in the car, I apologize, but I, I know you can hear me. But we want, we want, we want. Um, but there's not a whole lot to put out. Um, and just, I just am reminded of how benevolent Jesus Christ is, was, and will forever be. And if we're to be Christ-like, and if we are to gain and get anything, we have to first be willing to give. Give of yourself and you will get. It doesn't mean that you, it's not like a bank where you can cash a check. It's not like that. Um, but whatever that is, whatever that, that harvest is, after you sow your seed, it will reap. Uh, if you're feeding it the proper nutrition, right? And that's all the sermon right there. But anyway... If you want to get, be willing to give first. Be faithful in your giving. Be obedient with your tithe in these times especially. Don't forget it, guys. Let's let's stay together. We're gonna we're fighting a whole lot of different things these days, and uh, we as the church need to need to stand strong and don't lose our foundation. Um, I promise you, I'm not falling asleep here. It's the light's really bright, so my eyes are low. But anyway, um, if you uh, if you forgot the text number, it's seven three two five six. If it's your first time, it's seven three two five six. The word is diverse. Text that number to seven three two five six, and you can it'll take you to a link to where you can give that way, or you can go to diversecity.church, diversecity.church. Scroll down to the donate tab and click the link. And you can give that way, or you can again mail it to 3201 Itasca Street, and we'll receive it. Um, let's pray, and then we're going to jump right back into praise and worship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. God, I pray that you would increase uh, whatever comes into the storehouse. Lord God, um, whatever it is, Father, whether it's time that someone gives, whether it's it's, it's something monetary, whether it's a kind gesture or word, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would increase it, multiply it, and, Lord, that it would uh, cause whatever it go or wherever it go goes to prosper in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we know that you are faithful. I pray that we continue to be faithful as well, following your example. In Jesus' name, we all say and pray. Amen. Amen. Let's enjoy the rest of the service. Amen.
choice is theirs and theirs alone. We're not here to judge. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City. Today is a good day to have a good day. Out of all of the things that we've been through, out of all of the things that we've seen on the news, I am excited to be able to worship with you in the comforts of your home. At this time, I want to go ahead and get started. Kevin, put me 40 minutes on the clock. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 27, and we're going to read from the New King James Version. Again, let's open up Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 27. <clears throat> when you got it, say, I got it. Okay, that's about 68%. The rest you get 30 seconds. Pastor Aldine. <laughs> All right, stand to your feet. Let's get ready to read God's word in the house today. Look at all of these beautiful people on the stage with me, my diverse people. I am excited. It feels like Sunday morning. One, two, three, ready, read. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you bless this message today. Lord, I pray that it's edifying, that it's encouraging, and that it's empowering your people to be able to do your work. Lord, give us the love of you, which is to love us, love you with all of our heart, mind, and spirit. But most of all, what does it mean for us to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves? So, Lord, I pray that you enlighten the readers, the hearers of this word as we begin to share in this moment, the people of diversity, our wonderful members and partners and guests. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before you sit down, it says, I love you very much. I love you very much. All right, you can sit down, sit down, sit down. All right, so before we get started, I have some important, I have an important announcement. Today is Sunday, June 7th, say two weeks. June 21st. Anybody know what day that is? Charles' birthday? Okay. It is also Father's Day. And number three, dun, 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 breaking news, Diverse City will be open for inline or in person. Online or in person. Give it up. Two more weeks. I am touch deprived. I want to give people some hugs. I want to be able to see each other, to see your face. I'm grateful that we have technology to be able to talk and engage through comments and phone calls and texts. But the Bible tells us, I was, it was glad when it said unto me to go into the house of the Lord. Uh, just to kind of give you some guidance, we are going to adhere to the CDC guidelines. So at Diversity, it will be safe. It 
it will be secure, but it will be a spirit-filled environment. So June 21st, please come out and join us as we begin to have service online. No conditions, no judgment, just love. If you're at a position or a point right now that you still would like to stay home, we're going to still come into your living room. But for those that would like to come into the sanctuary, we are officially opening on Father's Day, on Charles' birthday. Diverse City will be open. All right. So as we read in the opening text, uh, this is a point where Jesus is being challenged by a lawyer, very smart, very educated, and he's questioning, okay, Jesus, we see you're going into the temple. We see you reciting various things. We know that there's 10 commandments. We know that there's 613 Jewish commandments. But can you just summarize it? Can you just make it simple for us? And the Bible tells us that there are two things that hinges on everything that we're called to do. Number one, to love God with all of our heart. That is a vertical relationship. But then the latter half, the second part, he talks about loving our neighbor as ourself. So when we see all of the things that are going on right now, I think it's timely. I think it's important. For some, it will be a refresher. For others, it will be encouragement. But we have to talk about the elephant in the middle of the room today. Let's give you another scripture before I step on a little bit of toes today. First John chapter four, verse 20. Go ahead and look that up. First John chapter four, verse 20. You can read from your version. I am going to share with you from the message version. The Bible tells us if anyone boasts, I love God and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? If you're having issues, if you're having challenges with the people that you can see, then you might have to question your own personal relationship with God. So for these last two weeks, my heart has been heavy full of emotions, anger, pain, fear, even anxiety. And it's even hard to articulate the right words to be able to stay in this moment. I mean, we could just step back. This is the first week of June. And then in the first week of March, COVID starts to set in. We have our last service in person. And then we have to shift our model to go virtual. And one of my initial observations, and this is just me speaking, when COVID started to hit, Miss Lawanda, I felt like us as America, we were coming together. People were nicer. Others were considerate, being able to help those out during this time of need, from coworkers, from family. We've all been challenged with that mortality and life after death, and people were coming together. However, in this last month, we've been made aware, some with video and some with detailed descriptions, the murder 
of Ahmaud Arbery, the murder of Breonna Taylor, and the murder of George Floyd has taken that optimism out of so many people that when it looked like we were the United States of America, now it faces us with being the divided States of America. Matter of fact, if we can be real, we're probably, if I would really describe America, we're the capital states of America. In these cases, Ahmad, Brianna, George, let's call a spade a spade. We see a, an abuse of power demonstrated and displayed in an act of violence. All through this week, these last two weeks, I've received phone calls, texts, um, in-person visits of so many of our members that are experiencing hurt, pain, and frustration off of all of the things that are going on. Stay with me. Don't lose me. Don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. That it would be selfish of me to just continue in our I Pray series. But in this moment, on this weekend, myself and so many pastors around the world are willing to take a strategic pause from what they were trying to do in different sermons and talk about justice. See, there are many members I've talked to this week that are being traumatized by hearing gunshots at night. Sounds like fireworks. I can't sleep. Being told by your neighbor, you need to leave the city. You belong in the county. No, this is in St. Louis. Real testimonies. Or you're in the county. You deserve to be in the city. Or being told or the, or the fear of, I used to run outside because the gym was closed. Now, after experiencing and replaying that scary movie, so many are afraid to run because they feel like a threat if they don't have their kids around. And then when we go online, we see social media and so many people trying to politicize this moment, the pushing and the pulling and the pushing and the pulling of making this post and making that post. And no regard for this is not more, this is even more than a racism issue, but this is a humanity issue. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter one that we're all created in his image and in his likeness. Racism and hating on any kind is an attack against God. And it's a battle of equality. People of all colors, cultures, we, the church, the body of Christ, must fight to protect and respect others during this time. So how did Jesus handle this situation? So many different parables and narratives. We can look at how Jesus responded when he had 100 and there were 99 and the one was gone. Jesus didn't just get comfortable and say, you know what? At least I got 99 and they pay their tithes, their talent. And that one, we're just going to let them figure it out. Jesus went and left the 99 and what for the one. As we talk about um, in the month of January, looking at the I Fast series, another um, parable when we see Jesus goes and sits down with the woman at the well. 
And Jesus knew other church folks, other disciples hadn't matured to that level yet, and he had to send them away to go to empathize, to be able to have a conversation, breaking down gender boundaries, breaking down ethnicity boundaries, because a Samaritan was viewed as a half-breed, a less than, a second-class citizen. Jesus sides with the oppressed. Our challenge today is a people issue. And unfortunately, Sunday at 11 a.m. is still the most segregated time of the week. Because if we go to church, we want to feel comfortable. If we go to church, we want to be amongst the familiar. And we see church growth is at an all-time low because we're not reaching the lost. We're just trading members. So you come to this church, and as soon as they offend you, you go to this other church. And you come to this church, and when things are going well and they're hot, you stay. But then another church is coming up in the ranks. We use and we shift. And that's not what the Bible talks about. See, our name is Diverse City Church. Diverse City in St. Louis, when I've talked to people, Tony, about going to St. Louis to a church called Diverse City, they said, St. Louis? Diverse? Isn't that counterculture? Didn't you hear about Ferguson? Didn't you hear about Mike Brown? Are you sure you want to go to a church called Diverse City? See, for me, I've been to four churches in my life, um, two led by black male ministers and the other two led by white male ministers. And it's unfortunately, politics and views have trumped people where you can see during election time, which we're doing in November or just had last Tuesday, that politics and wearing the red hat and the blue hat has trumped the value of people. But I am grateful when I look on this stage, I see different shades. I see different ages of a church that's going to look like not earth, but a church that's going to look like heaven. Of all cultures, of all nationalities, and all backgrounds, and all ethnicities, and most of the people you may see in heaven, guess what? They won't be from America. Because our God is not a Republican or a Democrat. He's a king. He died for the whole world. But for us, let's just deal with diversity. How can we move the needle? How can we enhance and challenge and take our city and our community to the next level? The Bible tells us to whom much is given, much is required. I would argue and I believe God has positioned us today to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring reconciliation and justice to the city and to this community, that we can be an example, that we can create a model for others to be able to learn and grow and be all that God has called us to be. Yes. However, when we look at all of the things that has been going on in our world, the things that I've been seeing, the things that I've been tagged on, it's been embarrassing. 
it's been disappointing. And if we can be real, we can see that racism is still deeply rooted in our culture, in our country, and is sustained by, hear me, systems of oppression. Whether it's politics, whether it's education, whether it's financial systems or other things that are suppressing others for your benefit, for my benefit. And it makes me say, Papa John, looking at my watch and say, what year is this? Haven't we been here before? And God is calling for the church. And I am one of many pastors all around the world for the body of Christ to be the example for us to be united and not allow the devil to divide us. Amen. Come on, move on. So... As we've seen in verse number 27, it sounds great when we say uh, love God and love people. And Jesus knows that that's just not enough for them. So when you look at the word neighbor, what does that mean? When you study it in the Greek, it means somebody that's near you. Who is your neighbor? Who is your coworker? Who are those that stay in the house with you? And Jesus tells us as we move our way down is that I don't just want to tell you what it looks like, but let me demonstrate and show you what it means to be a good neighbor. So the Bible gives us in the next eight verses, it talks about a good Samaritan. Now, many of us have heard this narrative, but let's bring it into postmodernity and look at it through the lens of 2020. We got a man that's traveling from North County down to South County. And in the middle of downtown, he gets robbed of everything, his clothing, and he's beaten until he only has one inch of life left. And while he's sitting on the side of the road by U City, by Chipotle and Starbucks, (laughs) the priest shows up. The priest walks up on the scene and said, man, he must be did something. He looks like he's in a pretty bad position. He must be turned up a little bit last night. I have two options. I can walk over and go help him, but the Bible tells us the priest keeps his distance. And then by nature, you would think a priest would be the person that has the position, that has the knowledge, that has the awareness to be able to make a difference. And the priest just kept quiet. The priest did not show compassion. The priest did not want to get into the affairs of messy ministry, and he kept his distance. See, the church, when it comes to reconciliation, justice, and racism, it's like the the thing that we don't want to talk about in church, right? When we're at home, your parents don't want to talk to you about sex or money. And in the church, the thing that we never want to talk about is racism, reconciliation, and justice. So why? Because it's more profitable and it's more comfortable. 
It's much easier to be a prophet and to be an evangelist and just say, thus saith the Lord. It's easier to just be a preacher and say what you need to say. But God wants us, the priest, to be a pastor. To be a pastor, you smell like sheep. To be a pastor, you're affiliated with your congregation. And when you're a pastor, it is risky business. It is risky ministry. I'm about to get in trouble, Papa John, but let's say this. We looked at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Shout out to Pastor Virginia where it talks about where we will receive power after the Holy Ghost have come upon us for us to be able to change Judea, Samaria, and other parts of the world. And what do we see in a lot of ministries today? I'm not saying any names, but if a picture comes to your mind, I did not say it, where we're more comfortable with sending money to another country versus impacting and affecting our city. Y'all better come get me. You send money overseas. We have to start having these hard questions. If our church closes, who's going to miss us? If our church never reopens, does the city, does Dutchtown, does anybody even care? Judea, Samaria, then other parts of the world. But we want to go to other parts of the world to throw international diversity ministry to make us feel better. But God has called us to change our city first. Yes. Yes. So what are we going to do, church? How are we going to make a difference? How can we say because we were here that St. Louis is better? Because we were here, we can feed more kids. Because we can here, we can get a boys and girls club room. Because we were here, we're really making existential needs met and changing mind, body, and spirit. The priest said, I'll take the comfortable route. I'm not willing to mess with the risky stuff. So after the priest walks by, person number two, say number two. Number two. We see the Levite. Now the Levite is faced with a different situation. While the priest was willing to keep his distance, the Levite was curious but not caring. He was willing to come close enough and then say, you know what? We are under social distance. Let me back up. I don't want to deal with that. I want to see your situation. I may throw you a diverse city church card. I'll pray with you from over there. And he said, I need help. Comfortable. Yes, the church building is closed, but we are open. This is the time when the Bible talks about the laborers are few, but the harvest is ripe. I believe God, when he puts people in your your path and they're hurting, that is your assignment. That is your purpose to make a difference. So, So what would... Martin Luther King say about this situation since we most all agree with him. Here's a quote. If you could put that on the screen, it says, cowardice, ask the question, is it safe? Expediency, ask the question, is it politic? Vanity, ask the question, is it popular? But consciousness, ask the question, is it right? Wow. 
again, I gotta say that in there. Cowardness asks the question, is it safe? And we all stay here, we think about this when situations come up. Is it safe? Expediency as if I do this, does this violate that I'm a Republican? If I do this, does this violate that I'm a Democrat? And vanity as I'll share a bunch of stuff this week because it's popular and it's trending right now and people are going to like and it's going to help build my page. But consciousness, spirit-filled believers, those that want to love God with all their heart and love their neighbor as they so, they ask the question, is it right? Is it right? Is it right? Is it right? Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and go out here. Let's talk about Malcolm X, a controversial figure, but what's very interesting when you study his life, I love biographies, I love to understand why people do it, how they did it, what was their motivation, and the interesting thing about Malcolm X is that his parents were Baptist pastors, and I said, whoa, how, how did he go from Baptist pastor to activist and a heavy, strong supporter of the Muslim faith. And what it tells you if you study his story, Papa John, is that he got in a little bit of trouble and he was in jail. And while he made several phone calls to other Christian believers, nobody came and visited him. And what happened other brothers of the Muslim faith came, took his time of isolation, and converted him. Which begs the question is, what if we were the Samaritan? What if we didn't treat him like the priest? What if we didn't treat him like the Levite? The change, the hope, all of the great things that he could have done for Jesus. But we left them hanging. We kept our distance. We don't want to deal with convicts. We won't want to deal with people that got tattoos. We don't want to deal with people that has been drug abused, that have been felons. All of these things that we do to disqualify others, and we respond like the priest. We respond like the Levite. And I'm telling you, is it right? When you treat people, are you treating them Right. So we get character number three. Say number three. three. The Samaritan. The least likely of them all. The person that was viewed as low class responds in the most courageous and the most highest level of integrity. A Gentile. The Samaritan goes up. It doesn't ask for their license, doesn't ask for what church they go to, what their belief is, and begins to help them to provide assistance and not just to leave them hanging and say, figure out how to get home. But the Samaritan goes above and beyond the minimum required. Jesus said, don't just go one mile with them to go two miles with them. Are you a good Samaritan? 
Matter of fact, if we can be honest, sometimes we're good Samaritans to others. Sometimes our Levite get out. Sometimes our priests get out and we begin to adjust back and forth. And we're trying to figure out why some people that aren't believers understanding what it means to be a Christian, because at work, you're the priest. At home, you're the Levite. And then on Sunday morning, when it's time for you to usher at the door, now you're a good Samaritan. Can the real you please stand up? So Jesus goes through the narrative. Go ahead and get verse number 36 on the screen. Luke chapter 10, verse 36. Luke chapter 10, verse 36. The Bible says in verse number 36, Jesus now has put the set up on him. And he says, so which of these three do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? So what can we learn from the good Samaritan? That means we're willing to stoop down. That means we're willing to get dirty. That means we're only asked to use what we have. And most of all, love is not a noun, but love is an action. Now, before you get too excited, how many people do you know right now in your walk of life every day that's wounded, that's hurting, that's hurt, and we see the cry of America today? The biggest wound that we're seeing right now, where the bandages have been stripped off, the wound of injustice. So what does injustice mean when we look at it from a biblical perspective? Regardless of me explaining it to you, check out this video. If you were a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mate. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity, it's the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that. But we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families and then in communities and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the vulnerable. But the story doesn't end there. Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. 
Yeah, doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use. But what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God. With the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Like here in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. And like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free but he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves, being oppressed unjustly in Egypt. And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the vulnerable. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. 
God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So from this video, a few things that you'll be able to see. One is that justice, say fair, fair. And, reasonable. and reasonable. Say justice is other people problem, justice is other people problem. Becomes, my problem. becomes my problem. Yeah. So in the Hebrew, when you also look at this word justice, it's restorative in nature. It means going a step further when you're willing to get vulnerable to help those that are being taken advantage of. What's another way to spend it? That justice can't just be lip service, but justice, Tony, must be activated. Amen. The Bible says faith without works is? But faith with works is what? Alive. Is your justice alive? Is your faith Walking Is your faith keeping a distance? Is your faith staying away? Benjamin Franklin, I love the way he summarized this. He said, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. Again, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are as outraged as those who are. So when it comes from a church perspective, we can't just wait to activate our justice till it comes to our door. But when we see a threat to justice somewhere, a threat to justice anywhere, it makes us outraged, be willing for us to be the good Samaritan, to be able to do our part and allow our light to shine. Sometimes you may be the minority, sometimes you may be the majority, but it's okay for us to be upset. It's okay for us to be angry. The Bible says to be angry, but sin not. See, what you see, some of the things, uh, whether it's rioters or loiters, those that are taking advantage and looking at this as an opportunistic, you have to be able to focus. Don't lose sight. Property is important, but the root cause is people. People, look at me. When your heart is broke, your head don't work. Yeah. When your heart is broke, when you lose reason, when you lose, when your heart's all caught up in, when you're dating this person and you've gave them your heart, it don't matter how many people, we can send Papa John, we can send Charlie, we can send Sharon, your heart's already invested. All we can do is pray and intercede yeah. because your heart is broke. And there are people right now with broken hearts out of all of the things that we're doing and we're just trying to shame them and post stuff to, to push back on things that, they, that they're seeing and things that they're experiencing and it's not working because their heart is broke. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 verse 21, for us, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah. 
All that being said, I do not condone using violence. I do not condone breaking stuff. I do not condone when we're seeing traps. I saw an article in Indianapolis where there were bricks staged in front of a glass building to be tempted to make a scene, to be tempted, to be the front cover of the news. That is a setup. That is a trick from the enemy. That is something that is trying to continue to divide. That is something that's trying to break up our unity. But for us, Christian believers, we fight fire with water. Can somebody tell me when they've ever been able to successfully put out a fire? with fire. So as outrage as we see with the three murders, I'm also heartbroken for the St. Louis captain, Mr. David, that served our community for 40 years that has died because this is a humanity issue that we're dealing with. Even Moses was upset, saw his people going through oppression and out of rage and frustration, fighting fire with fire. Moses was killing folks and was put in jail or whatever you want to call it and out of courts for 40 years because we have to be able to fight fire with water. So now what? All of that sounds good. What is... Diverse city action plan for us to be able to move forward. I got three E's. Things that you're going to start seeing, things that you can expect to do, things for you to be able to get involved, to be able to have an understanding. And the first point, say number one, is empathy. 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 I'm challenging everyone that listens to this broadcast to check your heart. It's so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to point from a distance. It's so easy to say, why don't they get it? But for you, to look at the man in the mirror, to look at the woman in the mirror, why do I feel the way that I feel? Ask questions like, do I have unconscious or implicit biases that I have not dealt with, whether it's in a form of racism or internal racism, when we see killing of the own race and using a crab mentality because you forgot that your promotion doesn't come from the east, the west, or the south, but your promotion comes from the Lord. And your bias is keeping you from giving empathy to others. We said this in a marriage um, Bible study a few weeks ago, but I think it's important for us. Listening is the language of love. Let's say that again. Listening is the language of love. That means we seek to understand. That means we're not just listening to respond. We're trying to hear. We're asking clarifying questions. We're willing to see and hear others' pain before we just jump and attack the problem. You're asking questions like, how can I help? The Bible tells us to live, if it is possible, to live at peace with everyone. If it is possible... 
So that means some people, for you to stay, to make sure your heart posture stays right for the long haul, that means you may have to unfriend some people. That means you may have to unfollow some people because there is algorithms set up on social media. When you stop and slow down, when you stop to click something, that in your feed, you're going to see more of it that continues to feed in the narrative. How is your heart? Is your heart ready to give the love of Jesus? Is your heart ready to take your clothes off your back? Is your heart ready to help your neighbor and say, go to the hotel, it's on me, I don't need nothing, you don't have to come to my church, but Jesus loves you. Number two, say engage. Engage. Empathy is great, but we want empathy to move to advocacy. We just don't want to talk about it, but now it wants to become actions, that we become champions, that we become partners in the walk. No, I don't look like you. No, I don't know your background. No, we're from a different generation, but we're in this together. So in this time, silence is dangerous. When you move to advocacy, your voice bringing awareness, signing petitions, you're donating, all of it is contributing factors for us to make a difference. Engage. What are you allowing and what are you tolerating to be said around you? What are the things that you have in your home? What are the things that you discuss at the dinner table? And exposure. When you engage, it's me leaving my world to get into Charlie's world. Tell me why you do this. Where are you from? Go to a different restaurant. Take a different route. When you go to the restaurant, don't just eat a different culture's food. Start asking questions. Engage. Educate yourself. And stop taking everything at face value. When we engage Diverse City, um, one of the things that we started, but you're going to hear more about it now, is DCC Impact. We're going to have a date. It'll be said um, next weekend, but you'll see more content and details where we're going to have a platform for us to be able to educate, to have discussions and dialogue, to talk about mental health and how that affects justice and injustice, our history, and how we're we're able to move forward. So there's a lot of questions about protesting. Is it godly? Is it not? Yes, you can protest. Nonviolence. Again, yes, you can protest. We have several of our church members that have protests, and there's others that that's just not their scene. But if you decide to protest, all of us can do one protest together, and that is prayer. Prayer must be our first protest. As we've been discussing for the last seven weeks, we protest with our petitions. We protest with our intercession. We protest through spiritual warfare. Acts chapter 16, when we look at the life of Paul, scholar, brilliant, And when he was in jail, he protests spiritually and he protests judiciously in court. 
John chapter 2, when we look at the life of Jesus, when he saw a bunch of crazy things going on in the house of God, he went in there in protest to let his voice be known that this wasn't right. This is not how we love God. This is not how we love people. We're trying to take the house of God and make it a house of thieves. Jesus began to protest, and we have to make sure when we protest that we don't allow others to take propaganda and publicity to remove our purpose, because everybody that's in your camp is not in your corner. Protest, making sure Those that are with you are united for the cause. Those that are with you are staying with you to go forward. Those that are with you are not just opportunities. Those that are not there, how are you going to contribute? How are you going to vote? How are you going to protest? Are you going to join us on Monday? Are you going to join us on Thursday for prayer? Are you going to join us on the streets to be able to make a change, to engage, to be different in a time such as this. And point number three, and this is the hardest, endurance. Say endurance. It's going to take some time. This can't just be like a little two-week thing, something that we do, something that we just try to rally around, and then as soon as we uh, allow St. Louis to open up again and we're going to the gym, we just fall back and get into comfortable ministry. Um, I was listening to Miss Sharon, my man, Eric Thomas. I'm not sure if you know him, but he's called the hip-hop preacher. He did a excellent sermon last week, and he talked about commitment over convenience. And he brought out, he started going through the various changes throughout America. And one of the things that he brought up, and I felt ignorant because I did not know this, he started to talk about the Montgomery boycott. And of course, as we know, this was segregation as far as where you can sit on a bus. And I didn't know, Papa John, that that protest was 381 days. I'm thinking it took three weeks, four weeks. We're talking about over a year. Those that are walking miles. I saw an article. Someone had to start walking five miles every day to work, front and back, 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. And with the threat of being killed, with the threat of going to jail, they were so committed. They were willing to give up their convenience to let their voice be heard. But we want microwave change. But sometimes process for the longevity is going to move us from staying in a place of complaint. But how are you going to make a contribution? 381 days. What are the things that you're expecting, your 2020 focus commitments, your 2020 focus imperatives, and you gave up because you didn't see results in 31 days? 381 days. That's a long time. There's not many things that you could do 
and that you can overcome right now if you put 381 days of commitment. 381 days of execution. That's another E. That's just to add it. Execution. Every day, execution. Execution. Execute. 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 In the middle of adversity, execute. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall, if we faint not. Engage. Empathy, endurance, and execute. In, in closing, allow me to challenge your perspective about 2020. Because yeah. we like to go from gloom or gloom to doom, and, and 2020 is the worst year ever. But what if, and maybe Kevin, zoom in on me a little bit. I want to speak right to the people that are listening. What if 2020 is not a setback? What if 2020 is your setup? What if 2020 is the year we've been created for? What if 2020 is not the year for you to reflect on history, but to make history? What if 2020 had to come like this to be so uncomfortable, so painful, so challenging that it forces you to grow? A year that screams so loud that it finally awakens us, you, me, from our slumber and our sleep. A year where we finally accept we need to change. A year when we decide and we declare change, we work towards change, and most of all, we become change. A year where we finally band together instead of pushing each other apart. 2020 might be the most important year for all of us, a year for the church to be the church, a year for Christ's followers to not just read the word, but to apply it and to encourage, to confront all forms of sin. While I'm not promising it for us to be easy, but it may be a year where you have to maintain 2020 focus. Dear Heavenly Father, we need you today. Don't allow this moment just to be another sermon but I'm calling and I'm tugging on the hearts of our people. God, I pray that this word to bring light in the middle of darkness, that you're challenging our perspective 
And while we would like to be delivered from this situation where Satan has tried to sift us as weak, I am grateful that you pray for us, that we're strengthened, that we empowered to do and be all that you have called us to be. For so many have been praying, we need a revival, we need a revival. And God, you're not a God of the past, but you right now are doing a new thing. Doing church virtually has been a challenge, but we're better for it. We're growing from it. You have called us back to the garden alone. Were you able to speak to our hearts and mind that we're not just caught up in secondhand revelation, but Lord, we're able to hear from you. Father, right now, I just pray for creative ideas. Lord, I pray for hearts of humility. Lord, I pray that you're making homes whole. Lord, I pray that the threat to justice anywhere will bring up a righteous anger for us to do right, for us to be right, for us to cause and put pressure on change. As I talked about Martin Luther King, as I talked about Malcolm X and being outcast, I see Apostle Paul in that same way, being left in jail. On Lord, that you're raising up Barnabas, that we're coming to encourage that we're coming to edify, we're coming to link arms, we're coming to empathize, we're coming to engage, and you're giving us the strength and endurance to go forward. So Lord, we accept your challenge today to be the Good Samaritan. We accept the challenge today because we understand when we are weak that you are strong. So, Lord, we choose right now to stand in the gap, to be able to make a change and impact that 2020, we were contributors and not complainers. In 2020, while we didn't sit on our anger, we brought answers. In 2020, that we didn't allow the obstacles to prevent us from making opportunities. So I thank you for the people of God, for the church at large, not just diversity, but all churches will be empowered by you. And there'll be an overwhelming response, not just for 2020, but for years to come, that it'll be a difference in us because we love you with all our heart. But most of all, it will be felt, it will be shown, and it will be demonstrated in the way we love our neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Diverse City. It's been a pleasure to be able to come into your home today. First of all, let me reinforce that I love you. I appreciate you. And sometimes we got to bring family meetings into a Sunday environment. We know you go to diversity because you believe in not only diversity, but inclusion. And we can do our part as we work together. 
So again, please mark your calendars on Father's Day, June 21st. We're all coming back together. For those that are online, a part of DCC Nation, we're opening back up soon. Remember as well, we're still feeding families. We're over 700 people every week because some people, before you give them a Bible, you need to give them some bread. We're gonna continue to do our part to be able to make a difference because diverse city is the people. The people are in the community and we would love to be the answers in such a time as this. Continue to stay connected. I forgot to say, please like, please share. Let's infect social media. Let's infect YouTube with positivity to bring hope, to speak truth to power on how we move forward in the middle of this situation. Have a great week. Be blessed. We love you. Take care. Baby.